Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Well, today we are going to have a conversation. And if there was a common theme that runs throughout the grand narrative of scripture that applies to the season that we are in today, it would be that sometimes tough times happen. And so today we're going to have a conversation about that. We're going to have a chat about the tough times, because here's the thing. Uh, In our society, in our modern culture, we don't really often talk about suffering that much. It's not too often that we have a big chat about the theology of suffering because it kind of feels like suffering is like sandpaper. You know, it's not really a nice kind of feeling thing. Um, But here's the issue. While we're always looking for the positive spin and while we're always looking to kind of find the silver lining, the reality is this, that uh, yes, every cloud has a silver lining, but every silver lining also has a cloud. And if we never talk about the clouds, then we can find ourselves in situations where we can feel a little bit unequipped for the things that life throws our way. Um, Yes, on one hand, we know that Jesus has the victory. Uh, The battle has been won and we live from victory, not to victory. But on the other side, we also know that the human experience very much is lived out in this amphitheater of opposition. Uh, The question is not, will we experience trials in life? But the question is, how will we respond when we do encounter the trials that come our way. And so to talk about this and uh, so much more today, we have Pastor Bram and Pastor Graham. And uh, guys, it's so good to have you uh, in the Zoom room with us all today, beaming out to the world via the internet. How are you guys and how are your respective bubbles? Hi, everybody. Hi, Shannon. We're doing great here in our little respective bubble, just the two of us and enjoying the season to a degree. And I think that, um, yeah, it's a difficult scenario that we all face ourselves, we are all faced with, which I think is appropriate while we speak on a a little bit of tough times today, which I think will be really important. Yeah, same here. Uh, Hi, everyone. Uh, We're missing you all, missing to be able able to gather, and we're actually coming live this morning, so this is really cool that we are literally in this moment together. Um, It's not just the two of us in the bubble, though. Brent referred to two of us. I think he's referring to Viv, Uh, but there's seven of us. (laughs) There's seven in our bubble. But anyway, it's good to be together. It is good, and it's. Uh, I like that you point out it is live, and just just to prove, you know, it is live. They wouldn't. Um, you wouldn't leave this in the shot, and if it was pre-recorded. Um, so just to confirm, we are here real time. But hey, I'm really looking forward to this conversation today, uh, talking about just this theme of how we can, as followers of Christ, uh, navigate tough times the best way possible. And I, I think first question I'm going to fire uh, in your direction, Pastor Brent, and it would be this, from a biblical point of view, is there a difference between hard times for a Christian versus hard times for anyone else that maybe doesn't have a faith in Jesus? I think, I think as far as hard times are concerned, I don't think there's any difference. I think we all go through same stuff, don't we? I think we all go through difficulties. There are times that um, 
uh, pretty similar to anybody else out there. Absolutely. The only thing is probably that if there was any difference, it would simply be uh, the idea of how we deal with them would be the difference. So uh, as Christians, compared to everybody else, there is we have a different dynamic, right? The dynamic is Jesus. And there is scripture after scripture after scripture in regards to, you know, I mean, there's a heap of scriptures in regards to how we are to deal with difficult times as Christians. I love this particular scripture. Paul writes about it to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. He says, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day go by, goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times, and I love this, these hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration that's prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. And I think we've got to, as Christians, understand that there is a perspective that we've got to hold on to, and that is in the light of eternity, not just in the light of today. Brilliant. That's great. Do you yeah. want to close in prayer, Shannon? That's pretty much it, isn't it? We're done, yeah. Um, <laughs> Jack, go for that uh, walk that he wanted to go for. No, um, probably uh, good to keep the convo going a little bit. Let me uh, fire a uh, question your way, Great. Um, you know, sometimes I think there can be a tendency in difficult times to either over-spiritualize the situation or on the other like, hand, under-spiritualize the situation. And, you know, with that being the case, uh, how do you think, it, um, is best that we understand like the interaction between our natural seasons that we go through in the spirit, regardless of what challenges we might be facing um, or that might come our way. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, in all honesty, that verse Brent just read, that's, that's a real insight, you know, okay. Small potatoes, big potatoes. You know what? Do I see what I'm going through right now as like the end of me or the end of everything or worrying to the degree where I just can't carry on with life or do I, like you just read, do I have that perspective? And I love that we're talking about this because we, everyone, all of us, we face downward pressure. Um, like you explained at the start, Shannon, with like there's this narrative in Christianity that we have an eternal hope, a hope that is seems to be one day. But the unique thing about that hope for those who have put their faith in Christ, for us who are believers, disciples, the hope is here and now. So we've got this eternal hope thing. Uh, we've got the here and now. And like we've said already, the here and now doesn't always seem to match the picture or the image or the things we have in our heart and head that we read in Scripture. Um, but I think that the the question that you're asking about, so, you know, what is spiritual in all of that and how do we discern it? John 9, for me, is a great case in point where there was a young young boy who was blind and Jesus was about to heal him. But the religious groups, they want to know what, why is this? What's going on? Who's basically whose fault is it? And so they they were asking, <clears throat> excuse me, is it the parents? Have the parents sinned? Um, is it some other thing? Is it him? And Jesus just would not, and I think this is key, he would not lower himself down to that level. And this is what he said. Let me quote it. He said, This happened that the work of God would be displayed in his life. 
And I actually see hard times like that. Personally, um, it's not always to discern is there some big boogie monster behind this, um, although there might be. Um, It's not to get fixated on those things. Rather, I want to have a spiritual view of my life rather than even just what I'm going through. I think for a lot of people watching right now, probably the biggest thing that would be missing for any of us is having an eternal view of life, not just this moment, um, COVID, uh, being locked down. Uh, I want to be able to discern what that's about, but I'm only going to be able to discern what that's about if I have a bigger view of life and of God. And that's a huge challenge. We don't want to be consumer Christians because consumer Christians don't really have that kind of eternal view. They just kind of like have milk, you know, like light stuff, like Paul wrote in another part of scripture as well. So for me, it's helped thinking like this. I don't want to over-spiritualize things, but I don't want to under-spiritualize things. I realize there are spiritual dynamics. If I'm constantly in fear, I think that I want to ask, what am I afraid of? But if I can't seem to get on top of it, hey, it could well be a spiritual matter. So the big thing, like Brent just pointed out before, is how do I then respond? Um, I'll respond in a spiritual way. If there's spiritual dynamics, I'll respond in a spiritual way. If there's practical issues, I'll respond in a practical way. But I think everything's pretty spiritual. That's how I see it. So don't over-spiritualize things, but don't under-spiritualize things either. And I, and I think this way of looking at life is that actually helps make sense of life. No, that's, um, that's great. And I think there's, there's quite a, uh, a common theme between the answer you're given and also the answer that Brent's given. And it's like, you know, I'm mindful of that verse in Hebrews where um, the author says, you know, we have this hope talking about Jesus. Um, and he says, we have this hope that is an anchor for our soul. Um, I think it's so important, isn't it, that we know the difference between the storm and the saviour. It's like they both exist at times in the same reality, but one makes a terrible anchor um, point um, in making sure that we're anchoring ourselves to the big potatoes, not the small potatoes anchoring ourselves. Even when things seem chaotically, we're not finding our reference point to that. But as you, you say, Gray, looking wider to the eternal perspective, that's still, uh, regardless of what we go through, good times and bad, uh, Jesus is the anchor that we build our life upon and anchor our life to. So that's great. I've got a question. I'll start with you again um, with this question, Gray, and then I'll um, fire it uh, to Brent as well. But, you know, is there a personal story? Maybe there's a time that you've experienced in your life that you would have considered pretty tough or pretty difficult. Um, and what was it in that difference in your life? How, how did you go about navigating that season? Yeah, uh, look, uh, to be honest, um, I'm got a birthday coming up. So I always, I always get a tomorrow, little bit. Tomorrow, um, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get a bit um, philosophical every now and then. I don't think it hurts to do that. But I've seen a lot of tough times. I mean, globally right now, it's a tough time that involves everybody. But one that was very, very challenging was in 2012, Rebecca was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. It turned out to be stage four, a lot more involved and a lot more aggressive than we thought. To be honest, Shannon, it felt like hurricane force headwinds. I like to think of tough times like headwinds um, and crosswinds and turbulence all at once. In that moment for us, everything in our life reduced down to a number of simple things. Um, Her recovery or her journey, 
um, taking care of the family, and then spirit, some spiritual things um, that we were committed to already. But I think dreams go on hold, plans get pushed aside. I don't know if this is sounding familiar to anyone. Um, you, if you imagined a batch on a on an exposed hillside of the Marlborough Sounds or something like that, when a hurricane hits it, things start flying around and sheet iron and trees and bits of board that you didn't put away and that's what it felt like. And it really felt like the margins of life just became reduced down. And what Jesus said in Matthew 7 was very much my experience. He said there was, as a metaphor, he said there's two men who are building houses. And, and that's an, an analogy of life, building life and living life. One built this house on sand and the other built the, his house on a rock. And a storm came up. And you, everything that was associated with a storm, torrents, wind, whatever it is, um, really kicked in. Uh, and Jesus, he says that the the man who built his house on a, the sand, so on very, very shifty ground, everything, as you would imagine, got blown away. But the man who built his life on the rock um, stood and he was, uh, he remained and Jesus is known as the rock and the rock of ages. And he he even said in Matthew 7, you can read it for yourself. It's a great scripture in a time, time like this. But the rock, the analogy of the rock is building your life on his word and and doing what he, his word says. So in the tough time of 2012, I re, our life reduced down, but I, I went, I doubled down into Jesus like crazy. I was, I was actually quite surprised. This might sound weird, but I thought to myself um, in moments, oh, yeah, this faith thing really works. It actually works. I may not have been able to guarantee the outcome of the journey for Beck and for us as a family, but I felt secure. And I felt um, even though I had testing moments, I, I knew that God was not movable or shiftable in my life. And so really the the lesson there is, um, what are the foundations of our lives? You know, when a storm comes up, you can't fake it. <laughs> you can't pretend, you, you know, your foundation is your foundation. So I'd just encourage everyone um, listening, this is a tough time. These are hard times. I, I feel for business people at the moment, Brent and I have been talking about this during the week, that for a lot of business folk, you know, the tap was turned off immediately. Um, th- there's other people we feel for too, but in, in that group of people, you might be really being tested right now, really feel like it's quite futile. Everything that you gained off the last lockdown has been lost again. I just want to say double down into Christ, double down into his grace, double down into his peace, take communion in your home, pray, get a real strong spiritual foundation and um, you'll and you'll stand. Yeah, that's great, great. And I guess like, you know, you've kind of touched on it already, but you know, if there are people today who really feel like the weight of the world is bearing down on them, um, is, is there any extra advice you'd give? You kind of have there and saying double down, anchor to Christ, build upon the foundation, but is there anything that you'd add in terms of just like words of wisdom or advice um, to anyone who really does feel just like the weight of the world is pushing, pushing against them? Well, we rabbit on on and on and on about community and small groups, but I, I honestly think you've got to have people in your corner, whether you call it a connect group or a small group or whatever it's officially called. I just need go-to people where if I really got in a bind, I'd be able to go to them. Um, the other thing is realize that everybody is in the same boat at the moment, and that kind of actually yeah. um, comforts us because it gets my mind off me alone and it gets gets my mind onto how others are feeling 
And I actually think too, and I know this has pretty much been the discussion so far, but I really, I really, really have to challenge people about um, getting God's truth in your life so strongly, um, so strongly. The more you fear, the more you want to go down into God's word and, and, and receive his faith. There's one more scripture I'd, I'd share, Psalm 37. God keeps track of decent folk or, or the upright. That's one translation. What they do won't soon be forgotten. Listen to this. In hard times, they will hold their head high. So if you keep your life planted and founded in a strong foundation in God, that's the word. In hard times, you're going to hold your head high. So that would be my advice. Just keep keep those simple fundamental things going. You're going to make it out. Um, that's great. Uh, thanks, Gray. And I, I love what you say just around the whole staying connected to community because I know for myself, um, really appreciated the people that have taken the time to pick up the phone and, and give me a call just to check in, just to say, hey, how you doing? And, uh, you know, I think that anyone watching this today could actually – um, whether you're going through a good time or a hard time, I uh, used to have the ability to be a glimmer of hope and a glimmer um, of connectedness to someone else simply just by picking the phone up. And um, I know it, you know, sometimes it's, I, I find myself sitting there thinking, oh, I don't feel like it. But sometimes um, just because we don't feel like it doesn't mean it's not an important thing to do. And um, maybe not having to call 100 people a day, but just every day, who, who's one or two people that you're calling to potentially connect with and um, bring that that um that sense of connectedness and community together, I think it's um really important. Uh, Pastor Brent, uh, similar questions for yourself, really. Uh, but is there a story of a tough or difficult time that you've experienced, and what was it about that season and the way that you navigated it that uh, really made a difference for you? Yeah, I think there have been some interesting moments in life and in the journey because it's been a, a fifty-seven year journey, and so a little bit of water under the bridge. To, uh, to be honest, but with it has come incredible blessing. And seriously, I would probably say that if I hadn't gone through some of the tough times that I had gone through, I wouldn't be where I am today to have, uh, you know, with actually taking on those tough times and instead of getting bitter, getting better. Uh, instead of breaking, it's made me to be who I am today. I, one particular story a lot of our church folk probably know is uh, I had Emmy at the age of 17 for uh, and went for a couple of years. It was incurable and it was a very, very difficult time. I had people praying for me. I had, uh, I was, you know, very much involved in the church or trying to be involved in the church at the same time, uh, but my energy was very, very low and I couldn't do as much as what I used to be able to do. And in those, in that moment, it would have been very easy as a seventeen-year-old to kind of like give up on the God factor, I guess. And and but but ultimately, actually, it was incurable. So giving up on God probably would have been a really crazy thing to have even thought about, because if you it really got me to a point of actually, well, what do I have? All I've got is God, even though I was pretty energetic prior to the uh, to the disease and found myself. Uh, you know, doing doing life okay, but when I got to that point of having this disease, it really took me uh, away from anything that I had that I could do. It really took away from that, and so actually realizing, okay, God, I put my trust in you. In fact, I remember my pastor 
coming wow. to me at the time and he said, hey, Brent, maybe we should have a convo about this. And I said, yeah, sure. And this is a couple of years in. And he said, hey, look, do you really think you trust God? Do you really, do you really think you're trusting God in all of this? And I thought, yeah, I am. I'm not really feeling like I'm rebelling or, or wanting to do anything else but trust God. But that when wow. I walked away from the kind of the gathering, the meeting that we had, I kind of thought about it. I thought, actually, you know what, maybe I do need to surrender afresh to God. Like just surrender afresh to him and say, God, I just give you everything. Um, sorry. I'm trying to hold myself together here. Because I think that ultimately we think we trust God to a point. But it's only often when we go through the tough times that we are actually called again to trust God in an even greater way. And I didn't even know what that greater way meant, but I tell you right now, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if, not, if I hadn't have gone through the, that, those two years. A couple of weeks later after that surrender, you know, I specifically remember getting on my knees and just saying, God, I, I, I trust you. I surrender everything to you. I thank you for who you are, even in the midst, midst of the sickness. And it was a couple of weeks later, I went to a, a healing meeting. Bill Sabritsky was praying for people and, and he just said this prayer at the front of the, uh, the front of the hall. There was about 800 people in the meeting. He just said, oh, look, just stand up those who need prayer. And look, seriously, everybody stood up for prayer. I guess that's why they would work. I mean, it was a healing service. And, and so I was down the back. I was really sick. I, I, I was struggling to even be in the meeting. Stood up um, as part of wanting the prayer. He just asked everybody to stand who needed it. I stood up and he prayed a prayer from the front no laying out of hands, nothing like that. Um, and I walked out completely healed. I knew that something wow. had happened in, in my life. I knew that God had touched my life and I walked out completely healed. But I think it was a combination of not just a being in a healing service, because I think a lot of people go to a healing service and, you know, um, not always getting the miracle that they want. But I think that there was the, the journey. God wanted me on that journey for two years. I think that um, and part of that journey was learning to learning to trust to the point where I was challenged in regards to trusting God. And then secondly, you know, being, being in that healing meeting. So I think it's both actually, I think that we have an opportunity to be aware of both things. I know that Graham shared about Rebecca's cancer journey and, and seriously, at the end of the day, it's, it, it's trust, isn't it Graham? Like what else yeah. can you do? You can't yeah. do anything else. You've got to trust God. And I think, though, at times that there is that fresh surrender in those moments too, to say, God, I, you know, this is out of my hands. I can't do anything about this. So God, I, I put my trust in you. And I reckon right now there's probably, you know, Graham spoke to about the business people and all that, but there's others as well, including business yeah. folk who are probably in that moment. Can I just encourage you, surrender to God. Just surrender to him. Just say, God, I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust you and watch what God does. Just watch what God does. You know, I think too, I think that part of this whole dynamic is understanding perspective as well. Like, you know, two years of sickness with ME, myalgic encephalitis. When I think about other stories, it's just crazy. Like last night, did anyone watch the news last night? Like they had two really powerful stories of um, these Paralympic champions. We got a, a, an Olympic gold yesterday uh, by this girl whose name is uh, Tupu Neofi. She won our first gold medal uh, at the Paralympic Games and uh, in the 100-metre backstroke. Well, 
at the age of two, Tupu was hit by a hit and run car and uh, causing her, paral- she's paralyzed on one side of her body, but she also has a very traumatic brain injury. Her left side is weaker and smaller than her right side. And to complicate things further, her brain injury means that she tires really, really quickly. But look what she's done. Our first gold medalist for at the Paralympic wow. Olympics. Another girl, Haven Shepherd, who was in the is in the 100 meter backstroke, 100 meter um, butterfly, 50 meter freestyle. I think the 100 meter uh, breaststroke as well, and the 200 meter individual medley. 16 years ago, she's 14 months old, and her dad decides he can't live anymore. He put he buys two deadly bombs, walks into the family hut, straps on an explosive device around his, himself. Like this is one of the girls that's at the Paralympic. Uh, thing right now, he blows himself up and including his mother as well, they're holding her in their arms as they blow themselves up and uh, and the bomb explodes, kills both the parents, but the daughter, Haven, is thrown from the hut into the air, landing almost 10 metres from where the bang went off and uh, baby Haven's body is burned, shrapnel is stuck in her head and both legs have been blown off. Moments after the explosion, the grandmother finds her and thinking that she's dead, she rushes her to hospital anyway, where doctors amputated her legs below the knee to avoid infection. This is what Haven says. She's 18 now. This is what she says. I I am a walking example of beauty from ashes. Wow. Two incredible athletes who have lived in and with their difficulties. They did not see their troubled times as limitations but allowed their troubles to propel them forward. And as Christians, we have an opportunity to do the same. Let the troubled moments, the troubled seasons, let them propel you forward. And I shared those two stories because I kind of thought, well, they're really current. I just heard them last night. And And again, it just brings perspective the perspective, like what is a troubled time, really? What is yeah. a tough time, really? Because <laughs> everybody of us has tough times, but boy, are they different. And as Christians, we have a different approach, right? We're counting it all joy, counting it all joy. Yeah. James tells us that. Um, I love I love this idea as well. You know, when, oh, sorry, Shannon, are you meant to be asking me another question? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I probably need to stop for a moment. No, the questions are only there to serve the conversation, so keep yeah. going. I know. I think that for us, you know, if I was going to finish off with anything um, for us to hold on to is understanding the word of God as Graham finished off his part, the word of God, the idea of what scripture can do in our hearts. And, And this is the thing. Too many of us look in our tough time when actually we should be listening in our tough time. So Elijah, he hears the sound of heavy rain, the three and a half years of drought, and he begins to hear the sound of heavy rain. So he gets a servant out to look for the clouds, to look for the rain. And six times the servant comes off the mountaintop and says, nah, can't see anything. Nah, it's not there. And Elijah kept on saying, go back, go back, go back, because he heard the sound of heavy rain. And I think that as Christians, we have an opportunity not to look, but to listen. See, faith comes by what? Faith comes by listening. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. 
And every verse has God's voice. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, I walk by faith, not by sight. You can Mm. see defeat, but you can hear victory. You can see defeat, but you can hear victory. The natural operates by sight. God operates by sound. He had to speak before the world was created. He didn't just start doing things start making things. He actually had to speak before the world was created. And sometimes we've got to create our world. You might find yourself in a difficult situation. What are you trying to create in that difficult situation? God's voice, his word creates supernatural sight, seeing things that aren't as if they were. We don't walk blindly because there's a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. Elijah didn't hesitate when he saw the little cloud. It was a sign of what was to come because he wasn't looking for rain. He was listening for it. The cloud was simply a small confirmation of what was to come. The enemy can't keep God from making it rain, but maybe he can keep you from receiving it. You can get so comfortable. He can get you so comfortable. You can get yourself so comfortable in your survival that you can't hear the sound of rain, nor do you recognize it when it turns up because the focus is on surviving my pain, surviving my depression, my failures, my mistakes, my insecurities, my regrets, my drought. And sometimes we are better at living in battles than living in blessing because we are so dry on the inside. Isaiah 43 mm-hmm. verse 19. Here's a great scripture for somebody this morning. See, I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God uses dry situations to change you before he changes the situation. I'll say that again. God uses dry situations to change you before he changes the situation. God isn't calling you out of drought. He's calling drought out of you. John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, as scriptures has said, and I love this because it's all about revival and it's all about God at work. He says, rivers of living water will flow from within you. You have been calling it a dry season. Maybe it's simply just a dry place. I hear the sound, people, of heavy rain. Can you? I see a cloud as small as a man's hand. Can you? Don't settle for survival because it's beginning to rain in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good challenge, eh? And pretty, yeah. you know, it's pretty awesome to to be able to go back to the word because the word is our foundation. Go back to the word. What does the word of God say? And let that lead you. Don't let your circumstance or your situation lead you. And I think it'd be good to pray for some people this morning, uh, right now, some people who probably need to reconnect with the God of scripture, who need to reconnect with the voice of God, hearing God's voice Again, I think there's some people here watching who have heard God's voice in the past, but you, but but somehow, some way, there's just mm-hmm. things that got around your life, and you've you feel like God's so far away from you. the The thing is, He's not, because mm-hmm. Scripture tells us He's not. He is with you. He is there, and He delights to speak. I think that everything that we're going through right now as a country, uh, even everything that the world is going through, I I think we have got to get back to Scripture and get back to hearing the voice of God. What is God saying to you about your situation? 
right now? What's he saying? What is he saying? And you might say, well, Brent, I'm not really hearing from God. Okay, well, let me pray because I believe you can. I believe he, he inclines his ear to you. He listens to you. And I believe you can incline your ear to him so that you can hear what he is saying. I think have moments, find moments where you're reading scripture, find moments in your life where you're just sitting there and not babbling on like the pagans do, <laughs> right? The Bible, the Bible tells us that they were just babbling on. Why don't you just sit there and just listen for a time? Um, listen to what's going on around you. Listen to the voice. Maybe, you know, and, and by the way, the voice of God is not as, it doesn't come like a strike of lightning or, or, or anything like that. It's simply just God thoughts in your mind. Just thoughts that come to your mind can often be God thoughts. That's often how I hear God speak or a picture or some creative image. Somehow, some way, God will get through to you if you want him to. So I'm going to pray a prayer. Father, I'm praying for those who are on, listening on right now mm. and wanting to reconnect and wanting to hear what you have to say. So much fear, so much anxiety, so much mm. concern around everything. But God, we know that you are a God of peace and a God of hope and a God of love. And I thank you for your love for us. You love us so much. You're willing to speak to every single one of us. So God, speak to us, we pray. May we hear your voice. May we hear you, even in the turmoil, even in the messy messiness of, of all that's going on. May we hear you, God. We just thank you for the opportunity to be able to incline our ear towards you, God, and for you to incline your ear toward us. We thank you that you are with us. You haven't left us. You haven't forsaken us. You are with us. Sure. And because of that, no matter what we walk through, no matter what we go through, God, we know you are with us, therefore we have peace, we have hope, and we have your love. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what your next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website, annasbrook.co.nz.